Episode 120, Brooklyn Blast Furnace. We're live, my man. There we go. Here we go. In an undisclosed area out on Long Island <laughs> with the babbling brook in the background. <laughs> A.K.A. my backyard. Yeah, there you go. What's up, man? Thank you for inviting me into your house. Yeah, thank you. Ah, anytime, man. I appreciate you coming out here. I don't have, like, that's, that's one thing with this. Like, I bought this little portable thing so that, I mean, when I first was doing this, I was doing it. At Lucky Thirteen, yeah. and then I was doing it at John Candiri's house, so it kind of puts a damper on people's schedules who can travel. It's like, oh, you come and meet us here. It's yeah. like, so I try to make it as since I do it by myself now, I just try to make it as convenient yeah. for whoever is down to bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So I don't give a shit. I mean, like I was told and telling you before, like I had an unexpected day off of work. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I can make it there by six if you want, yeah. you know, so. It's a good commitment you have, because I got to say, the idea of doing a podcast, I've thought about it, I've discussed it with a few people, you know, and yeah. it's just like the idea of of this, of meeting up with somebody, taking the time, having the questions, then going home, yeah. editing it, yeah. blah, 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 you know, yeah. it's definitely a... Uh, Making flyers. Yeah, man, it's a chore that you've taken on that, you know, I respect. I enjoy it, though. Yeah, for sure. I enjoy it, yeah. like... like You've heard them. I don't have questions for you. Yeah. I know yeah. the majority of... Well, I know all of the bands that you were in. I, like, I'm like. i not really too familiar with Santa Sangre. Yeah, yeah. I'm not too familiar with that band. Yeah. I know all your other bands. Cool. You know, so it's like... I know that you have enough history and stories and whatever to be able to bullshit for yeah. an hour you yeah, know what sure, I mean sure. I mean and I don't shut up sometimes yeah, no <laughs> listen I'll talk if you want me to talk yeah man so that's why I never have questions I mentioned yeah. it before there was two times I had any kind of questions it was one when I did the one with Havoc from Mob Deep uh-huh. because I just didn't want to be duh, 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 you yeah, know what I mean and like yeah. I'm, I, it's like I was kind of yeah. like this That's is, a bit off the cuff, a little bit outside the... Right. It's like, I know your music, but I don't know how much time you're going to give me, and I don't want to come off like yeah. a half-assed idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when I did like my life story thing, I just had bullet points to yeah. kind of keep it chronological. Other yeah. than that, I yeah. never really had any questions. Cool. Yeah. So what's been going on with you lately? Busky <sighs> Design? Yeah, been doing a little bit of that... Uh... Basically, the past couple years, you know, I had a, another kid a couple years ago. Congratulations. Another daughter, thank you. And uh, the best. Yeah, it's I awesome. A girl, little girl myself. She's awesome. I have one that's going on nine now, and now this one's going on three, so yeah. it's great, you know. It goes by fast. Mine's going on ten, September. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I was working, doing design stuff for Sam Ash, um, and... Basically, I was paying for daycare, you know, to put the kid in the daycare. And I was like, this is just whack, you know. Yeah. So I quit and started freelancing and just been sort of stay-at-home dad type of a thing for the past couple of years. Okay. Um, 
And that's really about it, man. You know, the design stuff is freelance. It's here and there, you know, some stuff through some agencies, but it's mainly just word of mouth. Yeah, you, you you've know. done some, I mean, you've done, like, the Broad Street Breakdown. Yeah. You know, you did a lot of stuff with Vinnie Patch, yeah. and Mind Tricks. I mean, you know. You've done a lot of dope shit, yeah. man. Yeah. No, it's, and it's great because... These are all friends of mine, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. it's this two-handed thing where it's like I get to help my friends and I get to uh, build further clientele because these guys aren't going away. You know what I mean? Sure. Vin, I've been doing Vinny's shit for 10 years now, um, you know, a bunch of AF stuff. I mean, a lot of the a lot of sick of it all. Thirty anniversary, sick of it all stuff. Yeah, you know, and I, and I try to I try to to work with. A artist that I get and I respect and makes sure. sense to me because it just makes designing for them so much easier, you know, yeah. when you already sort of know what a band's about and lyrically and whatever. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it just it's it keeps it keeps growing. You know, these bands, like I said, these bands aren't going anywhere, right. and um, it's it's helping me in the long run too. Yeah. You know, so it's good shit. Yeah, the, the your, your, I mean, your own band stuff like. Yeah. Manipulate shirt you have on. I'm sure you did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get it a little later. I want to talk about manipulate. All right, we fuck that. Talk. Let's talk about it right now. All right, we can what's talk. up with that band? Because it's fucking. Oh my god, dude. The the two thirty the 2013 demo yeah. and that becoming madness shit. It's still in rotation, but when they first drop, constant rotation. Yeah, so fucking hard, man. Thank you. I, it what's was up a, with it, it was a weird thing, man. Like me and Ricky were from Backtrack who was also Manipulate yes. um, we were talking on, uh, just about starting a band just on the side just like straight up just whatever I mean hardcore band whatever right at the same time Corey um, who was in Manipulate moved here from California I knew Corey for a number of years just through Terror um, through my previous bands playing with his he was in Internal Affairs Carry On you know a bunch of bands right so Corey moved here and he's like dude we gotta start a band and I was like cool I'm into it sure you know? so he had already started talking to Yvonne and this other kid, Rich, and he kind of had his lineup, and I had, you know, sort of my lineup, me and Ricky. Me and Ricky had songs that we were working on. Corey had songs that they were working on. Right. We sort of, you know, combined forces. It came together like that, you know? Yeah. The demo was written like that. It was recorded like that. Everything was, in my opinion, honestly, in hindsight, it was too fast. You know, it just came out too much. Those songs... They're demo songs, I get it, but it wasn't to me what the band should have. In my my vision, yeah, it's not how it should have popped off. You know, it was too quick, but it is what it is, and, and it worked for the time. Um, Corey ended up Corey ended up bailing. He had medical issues. He got you know his job became cumbersome. He had a kid, just whatever. Life got in the way. It's yeah, life. Yeah. It is what it is. No hard yeah. feelings. Um. And we ended up getting, you know, other members, and that's when the 7-inch, that Becoming Madness thing, was written and came out. And that was more, that was straight up just me and Ricky, you know? Whereas the demo was all Corey and the old lineup, you know? So we sort of revamped it when the 7-inch came out, gave it a shot in the arm, a kick in the ass, Uh, and and it was working. And I love, you know, I love the way the 7-inch came together, but... It was done, it was recorded, it was out, and then it came time to sort of push it, and it's just like, it's hard, you know? You got dudes that are, A, in other bands, you know? One dude's in Backtrack, who's always on tour, and other guy's in Black Anvil, who's always on tour. Yeah. You know, our drummer is in Search, and, you know, a bunch of other bands. Yeah. 
Um, Yvonne every once in a while does Scarhead. Yeah, no, you know like what I mean? And it's just it's one of those things. Like, it worked at the time when it was a demo band, you right. know? And then the 7-inch came out, and, and I wanted to, you know, keep working more with it. But it was just, it just got, again, it just got cumbersome to juggle amongst real life, other bands, yeah. other priorities. And um, we wrote probably three or four new new songs past the 7-inch. And they're just sitting somewhere in a hard drive? And they're just sitting downstairs in my basement, you know, because they're done. They're just, there's no vocals on them, but it just got to that point where it's just like, I don't know. It's like, we, either we're going to do it or we're not going to do it, you right. know? And I'm not going to half-ass it, sure. so we're just going to not do it. Because I'm not going to half-ass it, and nobody can commit fully to doing it, you know, it, it, to the to, to me, to the level that it should should be at yeah. you know and that's whatever I mean it's like these dudes I've been playing in bands for 20 years some right. of these dudes have been playing for just as long yeah everyone's professional everyone's got a professional attitude and approach and it's like I don't want it I don't I don't want to half ass it you know right. so I don't know man something will happen maybe sometime with it I have no idea but so but right now you're just on permanent right now until it's just, further yeah, it's just chilling oh it's man it's just chilling but their songs, you know, and they're banging, you know, they're a yeah. lot harder than the 7-inch, too. Because, really? again, the 7-inch was, it was my first time writing stuff for this new band, you know. And um, it was my first time writing with these guys, you know, Ricky, yeah. anything, you know. Yvonne, like, just communicating alone was just a learning curve, you know. Yeah. And then um, we started working on new shit, and it's it's banging but whatever it, it is what it is it's it's uh, there it's there but it's not there. and it's not there you know and and honestly there's six promise songs too that are just sitting down there too brand new songs really? vocals everything no vocals okay. it's all music no vocals and that's that's another thing is like we agreed you know when we did those promise shows like ah, let's let's bang out some new songs too so this isn't just living off the past type of a thing you know all right yeah you guys opened up you guys played the final bane show yeah which was yeah, it was, you know, and that, that band was never supposed to exist again beyond just being a project band. Yeah. So that band became something else and ended up touring and doing all this and that, you know. And then when it broke up, I was like, all right, that's it. Never. When, when was The Promise formed? Because I'm familiar with The Promise. I just don't know, like, the roots and shit. Like, like Terra, yeah, you know, yeah. like, all, like. Well, The Promise was 2001, but I feel like we got to go back to almost. Like the '90s, where it sort of started, it was it, it grew out of my first band, Another Victim, right? Which was like '97 or something. That was your like first that. band ever. That was my first real band. Yeah, right. I had some band in high school that was like in the newspaper and some like some silly yeah, band played one show and was totally whack. You know? Yeah, I didn't even play the show. Okay, um, nice. Yeah, I didn't even play. It's like whatever. I'm not playing. <laughs> so. uh that was high school, and then 97, another victim popped off. I heard the demo. I wasn't in the band. These guys already had it going. Right. Um, I heard the demo. I was like, God, this is amazing. I saw them, and I was like, this is it, you know? And I literally told the guitar player, JD, I was like, dude, you need another guitar player. It's, it's going to be me. And he's yeah. like, cool, let's do it. And I was like, all right. And that was it. That's awesome. How, yeah. So he took the guitar. It worked out perfectly. So, it, you know, that was, that was JD, the guitar player who was basically, you know, he wrote all the AV stuff. He wrote all the Promise stuff. He wrote all the Sana Sangre stuff. He's, like, like my guy when it comes to, to writing, you know? Yeah. 
awesome. Totally awesome. I know huh. everything that's coming out of that guy's hands yeah. before they even come out of his hands. Awesome. You know? He's amazing. Yeah. So JD starts another victim with this guy Anderson, and I jump in the band. Um, that was 97, 98, 99, maybe. Okay. And then, uh, I don't know, weird lineups in there, you know, just, just yeah. it was the first band for everybody, so it just didn't really come together, you know. Right. Wait, wait, you live, like, upstate somewhere? Yeah, up in Syracuse. Up in, wow, okay. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Jamie put out from Hatebreed, he had a label back then called Stillborn, he yep. put out the EP, okay. um, which was great for us because it was right up, you know, his alley at the time. I mean, it was a, a bootleg version of Hate Breeding Integrity. You yeah, know? I mean, that's yeah. what AV was. The <laughs> best. So uh, he put that out, and we ended up playing, you know, a couple shows around, just like the New England area, Connecticut, shit like that. And then we did an Earth Crisis tour nice. with VOD and Fury of Five. Jesus Christ. That was great. Yeah. And um, that was it. Broke up. You know? Oh, shit. And then Santa Sangre sort of popped off a little bit there. 99, I think, to 2000. That was 2001. Maybe that was only two years, too. Yeah. And uh, that was me and JD again. You know, he grew up listening to a lot of, as did I, entombed. Swedish death metal shit, Cannibal Corpse, you know, just more metal death metal shit. Okay. So he was like, let's do a fucking metal band. Cool, yeah. let's do a metal band. So okay. AV broke up. We started doing Sana Sangre. Um, unfortunately, that just, same thing. It's just in, in unstable lineup. Yeah. Couldn't find the right guy to fit the part, you know, and it just sort of dissolved. That was short lived. We recorded a record in Florida. Um, Put the record out on Eulogy. We did a tour with Kill Switch Engage and Every Time I Die. Wow. And this was. This is all news to me. I had no yeah, idea about man, any of this. Yeah. And again, it's, you know, it was a year and a half. It wasn't, it was, it was gone. Yeah. And it was before Kill Switch was signed. It was before really? Every Time I Die was signed. And I remember we played in New Jersey. I think it was the first or second, whatever, beginning of that tour. Right. And word got around that Roadrunner was there. And Roadrunner's looking at Sana Sangre every time I die and Kill Switch. Right. And lo and behold, you know, Kill Switch gets signed. And then every time I die gets signed. And uh, then we break up, you know. Of course. So, Fuck. unfortunately, it was just one of those things. Yeah. You know, it was just bad timing. We just couldn't hold it together, you know. Yeah. Um, but it was short-lived, super hard. Super great band, you know. Yeah. I mean, that was when I really started feeling like I was learning how to play music. You know, yeah. AV was cool, but that was just like jump around, stage dive with your guitar, yeah, be hard, look cool, <laughs> yeah. You know, where Sana Saga was just like, all right, now you got to know how to do a cool Fuck. bass fill, yeah, or you got to come up with something and you know whatever, yeah. Um, but it sucks, I mean, that was only a year and a half maybe, and then two thousand one. Well, then another victim came back into the scene for a minute there. Okay. With the drummer from One King Down. Derek. Oh, no shit. Okay. And that's where, to get to The Promise, that's where The Promise sort of formed, was in that version, the second version of Another Victim. Okay. Which was me, JD, and Anderson, and then we got the drummer, Derek, right. to come in. We recorded the final three songs 
um, which one of them, I guess, ended up on the Hellfest DVD that everyone freaks out about. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, everyone sings the wrong lyrics, so it's all good. <laughs> um, but we recorded those three songs and then shit the bed, and that's when The Promise was like, all right, another victim, this is done, we've already done it. Right. Let's let it die. No point in reliving the past. Let's do something new with this lineup. So that's when we pulled in Jim Winters from Turmoil. Um, He was also in this band Conviction in the early 90s, um, which I totally idolized growing up. And he filled in for Earth Crisis, you know, just a good friend of ours. He actually helped record the Another Victim EP. So he was a good friend of ours, a big influence musically. He came in, and that's what The Promise became in 2001, was basically the second version of Another Victim plus Jim Winters. Gotcha. You know. Yeah, you touched on you touched on how uh, you grew up on like Entombed and yeah. stuff like that. So going back, like, what was like you, you born and raised in Syracuse up there in that area? Yeah, Auburn, New York, actually. Okay, what was like going on like in your house as far as what were you growing up around musically? Um, I have to say, it wasn't anything that it wasn't anything heavy or hard, you know. Right. But, I, I always ask this because. Yeah. I, I, I just I, I find it interesting for some weird reason, and then there's always that person's turning point when they listen, yeah. they hear something, and then it puts them off to yeah. where we're at right now. My <laughs> dad was into music, right? Um, but he was into like cheesy light jazz, you know, okay. like Kenny G and fucking Gino Vanelli, Oof. okay, El Jaro, you know, what I mean, like <laughs> yeah. shit that was like. I don't know, shit you, you, you bring home and you try to bang someone with, you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, Nothing yeah. that gets you pumped up, or, you right. know what I mean? It was just, and it was like, hey, he used to dance, and he used to make me feel weird. Yeah, you know? And I make you feel weird? Yeah, it made me feel weird, because he'd be, like, dancing. I'm like, dude, you look so whack. <laughs> but then my uncle, who was, like, the badass, you know, he was he was the drinker, the fighter, he rode motorcycles, okay. swore in front of everybody, yeah. smoked in front of anybody. He was the black sheep. He was awesome. awesome. Right, yeah, he's the, he's the awesome uncle. So he used to roll up in his boat, and I remember he had a tape deck, or even in his car, well, I just remember he had stacks of tapes all the time, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it was just classic rock, Van Halen, yeah. um, you know, Kiss, whatever. Just classic rock from the yeah. 80s. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I started, I think, getting into more heavier sounding stuff, you know. And then he got he got us, um, what did he get me? He got me Motley Crue Shout at the Devil on vinyl. Fucking, that was my turning point. Yeah. Yeah. And he got my brother Black Sabbath Master of Reality. You know, Sick. just one Christmas, super early. I mean, it had to have been 84. Er, you know, early to mid eighties, eighty three, eighty four. came out. All right, yeah. So probably around then. That um, and stay hungry were my two that I was like, okay, well, this is something different than the Queen and Joe Cocker that's yeah, going on in my house. Right. So that's what eventually yeah, propelled me yeah. into everything else. And that was it, dude. I mean, I heard Motley Crue and Sabbath, and I was like, this is it. You Still know? love that Shout of the Devil record. It's, it's I don't amazing, care what anyone yeah. says. I have multiple copies, just because when I see it and it's affordable, I'm like, fuck it, I'll grab another copy. Yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's where I think heavy music came in. And at that time, uh, I was already skateboarding, you know, yeah. at that point. So I was getting visuals. You know, like MDC and Subhumans and Crass. And I'm like, what is all this cool, these cool visuals, you know? And then 
you know, I don't know, you get Thrasher and you see an ad and you fucking send away for something. You get a Sessions catalog or whatever, you know. And I don't even know exactly how or where or when because... I don't know, man. That shit was just there. Yeah. Honestly, you know what I mean? It was like, all I, one shot. I found it, and I found it, and it was just there, and I didn't care about anything else. Right. I wasn't, you know what I mean? So sure. it's not like I was being persuaded by other things, and I was like, oh, maybe I should go play fucking football and be a jock. Right. I didn't give a fuck. Right. I found heavy music and skateboarding and an alternative way of lifestyle without even knowing I was being alternative. You know what right. I mean? I was just like, I don't, I don't know why you listen to that. This is yeah. what I listen to type of a thing. Exactly. And it just sort of happened, honestly, yeah. you know. And we were very fortunate, too, not to get too far off the track here, but Whatever. we had a record store, or a comic book store, literally walking distance. And my town is tiny, dude, like yeah. 25,000 people, you know. It wasn't in Auburn? Even in Auburn, yeah. Okay. And it wasn't even Syracuse. Syracuse is, it was considered the city, you know. Yeah. We were just like a little city off to the side or whatever. But we had a comic book store, and this guy, Kim's Comics, and this guy somehow had the most amazing records in there and tapes you know and I'd go in there and just go through the bins and if it looked cool I'd buy it you yeah. know and and I came across so Album much art. yeah Album dude you know so much good shit sure. Scatterbrain and Acid Rain and yeah. like all these bands you know yeah. that I didn't realize like fast forward I'm friends with some of them now crazy. you know what I mean weird? or yeah. and it's just like wow dude like this came out of literally like you said just like I don't know, Motley Crue or something, you know, like yeah. just like this weird thing where I heard something other than El Jaro and I was like, wow, <laughs> like yeah. this means something to me, not that fucking. Yeah, this is speaking yeah, to me dude. on some level, sure. And I remember getting, again, stories, man, I have stories, so. That's what we do, we tell stories. Yeah, bro. I remember getting a copy of Ride the Lightning. My favorite Metallica record. Banger, dude. My favorite one. And I really wanted long hair as a kid, but I could never have long hair because I've got, like, this just tight, frizzy, fuzzy oh, you would, hair. Oh, you would have had the fucking Paul Bailoff mullet. Total, yeah, like, yeah totally. Awesome. Totally. <laughs> so I tried growing my hair out once to, to have dreadlocks, and it was just... It was no good? It was just horrible. I, I rocked the ill mullet for a yeah, while. Yeah, horrible. terrible. Yeah. So I had this weird silver wig. It was like a party wig from, what? like, yeah, okay. dude, you know, like a New Year's party. Sure. Let's go to this party. And it was, like, this silver... Uh-huh. Wig, but it was long and uh -huh. it fit my hair, my head. <laughs> and I was like, "Cool, that'll be my fucking, that'll be my long hair." Right. So I go downstairs. I put "Ride the Lightning" on. <laughs> I put "For Whom the Bell Bell Tolls" on, and I grab a fucking broomstick and I start air bass, air guitar, of whatever, course. banging the shit out of my head. Yeah. And I look up, and I don't realize that the fucking front door is open, and the neighborhood bully, this guy Mickey Burton, oh my God. was out front, literally pointing and laughing at me. And I was like, wow, I gotta go beat up Mickey Burton now. So I dropped the broomstick, and I ran out fucking side, and I beat up Mickey Burton in my front yard in a silver wig. That's fucking awesome. And... I wasn't even dressed, dude. I had underwear. <laughs> Tidy white. Just straight underwear, broomstick, and a silver fucking wig. That's fucking insane. Metallica, man. Yeah. You know, ride the lightning record. See, that Metallica made yeah. you beat up the neighborhood bully. And that was that was pretty <laughs> early on, you know? I mean, that yeah. wasn't like, whatever, in my teens or anything. That was, was yeah. fucking young. Dude, you you're know? in your underwear and a silver wig with yeah, a broom handle. And wild, yeah. man. That's awesome. But I, I, like I said, it's just I never thought about anything other than that sort of music, you know, heavy music, you yeah. know, you know, 
And then, like I said, once I found Thrasher, everything was just there. It was just a blueprint, you yeah. know, between Pusshead's article, the photos, yeah. you know, I mean... It was just all you got to do is just remember the name, go to a record store, yeah. and just find it. You that's know? a beautiful thing, also with liner yeah. notes, all the thank yous, the you thank find, you list. Yeah, oh, that was yep. fucking yep. one of the first things. You're reading the lyrics, and you go right back, yep. back to the thank yous, and you learn new shit. Yeah, you look for the band that you don't recognize. Sure, and that's the record you go out and you buy next. Exactly. You know? I did it all the time. That's that's some of you. Sometimes you got shitty ones. Absolutely. And, uh, but Absolutely. it's like that album cover art, like it could be fucking awesome, but then it's like, ah, this is terrible. Yep. I remember seeing the Rejuvenate 7 inch for the first time ever. Okay. It was just an ad in, I don't know, Maximum Rock and Roll or something. Yeah. And I remember just seeing the ad and seeing the hand drawn cover, the graffiti style letters, mm -hmm. and I was like, I bet you that's fucking incredible, dude. Right. I bet you that's incredible. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. And I bought it. You know? And it was, and I, and awesome. it was incredible. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that's all that it took. And honestly, to this day, I, that's still how I shop for records half the time. Yeah. You know, I go in and I just go through bins and it's just like, all right, this looks cool. And yeah. I'll grab it, you know? Yeah. It's usually whack now because I pretty much have a good idea of what's <laughs> Yeah, there. you kind of know what's going but on But you now. see how you come across some shit. Mm-hmm. But that's how, it was, that's how it went down, you know? For yeah. sure. Fuck. Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. That's a great story. Yeah, I used to play my friend Tommy Mitchell. Like, I remember I was young. I had the mullet going on. And it was the early days of MTV Headbangers Ball. And it would be like a whole thing. This is before you went out and partied and shit, you know? Yeah. I'm like 11. Yeah. Well, that shit was on at midnight. Right. You know? So well, it's not like your party. It was yeah. midnight to 3 o'clock in yeah. the morning. Like, that's what we did. Like, yep. he would come to my house or I'd go to his house yeah. to sleep over. And we would watch that shit. And we would put in... It's fine. I don't think I've ever told this on the podcast. Yeah, bring it you out. Set it off. You bring set it, it off. With your Listen, man. Yeah, we got some skeletons coming <laughs> oh, out. Oh, I don't give a shit. I don't think anyone's ever heard the Mickey Burton in my underwear story either. Well, that's so. awesome. <laughs> yeah, but we would fucking run around this fucking apartment with two like two idiots with mullets. Yeah, and he would have big. We would have baseball bats, and we would put in anthrax. The NFV, the, the, the Among the Living Tour yep. VHS tape, yep. Yep. and run around his house. <laughs> yeah. And be like, no, you play bass, I play guitar. Yeah, no, man. I don't want to play bass. Like, we're not playing shit, we're playing baseball bats. Listen. Running around his living room like yeah. two little idiots. Yeah. Fun Nobody shit. was born fucking cool. Nobody <laughs> no. was born a rock star. No. Nobody was born, you know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone started somewhere, dude, you know? I remember yeah. taking the cushions off my couch of course and stage diving off yep. my couch onto the floor watching the fucking punishment video Sick. you know what I mean because yeah. you see these guys jumping off the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Bridge, Bridge and you're like dude I want to be that dude yeah man so you fucking put your pillows on the floor and that did stage dives <laughs> who gives a shit exactly. you know what I mean Fuck who gives yeah. a shit uh -huh. this kid Tommy used to run around my house we had this huge plant it was like an eight foot fucking plant in the basement and he would run around and we would blast Motorhead and he yeah. would run around and he would run and he would sing with his head up into the plant like yeah. Lemmy did like the mic yeah like the mic like the Lemmy mic yeah man <laughs> ridiculous it's all good yeah it is it's all good it's, that's what you see know. motherfuckers don't admit to this shit out on the street you come on the podcast next yeah. thing you know you're fucking admitting yeah. this shit it's all good yeah man you know <laughs> It's amazing, you know, like we used to tape we used to tape Headbangers Ball. Me you know? too. You put the fucking pause button on. Yeah. And then it's like, alright, here we go with so and so. You hit you hit you record. Yeah. If it sucked, you, you pause it, you rewinded it quick, you yeah. cued it back up. Exactly. You know, and it's like fucking crazy VHS tape. I still have them, dude. Do you? Yeah, I, I don't still have, have them. them. I wish I did. Man. I still have them. Dude, the crowbars on there. Really? You know, the all I had I gave video. 
like, you know, the biohazard shit, yeah. sacred Reich videos. Yeah, like, like the American uh, way, all that shit, fucking so nuclear good. assault. Yeah, they would, and then eventually, because for a while, like, I guess the way their programming was, there was all the hair metal was going on, yeah. and then whoever was running shit at MTV, a lot of times, those same videos that you would see all day long would start bleeding into head yeah. this ball, like, bullet like, boys. Like, dude, <laughs> yeah, bullet boys are like trickster and yeah. shit. I don't want to say, you know. Jackal. Yeah, yeah, terrible slaughter, Yo, you know. Yeah. And then, but then they made that one little segment for a little while. It was called the Triple Thrash yeah, Threat. Yeah, and right. they got excited for that, bro. That's why the first time I saw the Anthem AF video. Oh yeah, was on yep. the Triple Thrash. Probably threat. same here too. Yeah, Leeway Kingpin. Yep, same thing. Yeah, yep. Good time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. yeah. Toxic Waltz. All that Exodus rule. Yeah, Pantera. You know, yep. and again, you didn't see. You saw stage diving, real stage diving. You know what I mean? At that oh, time, yeah. I mean, there was Green Day stage diving and Nirvana, whatever. But I already knew that that shit was whack. It was whack. You know what I mean? Watch the Violence World in a World oh, video. Insane. Ridiculous, yeah, yeah. dude. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I love that band, too. That's a very slept-on yeah, Bay Area trash yeah, band. Yeah. They're playing Brooklyn Bazaar. Are they really? Like next month. With Rob or no? No. No. Yeah. Not with Rob. I did. But listen, uh, Sean Killian is singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have Perry on drums. Yeah. You have Dean Dell, and you have, uh, yeah. what's the other, uh... I don't even know. Phil Demmel. Oh, yeah, he's playing. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's everybody except Mr. Except Mr. Rob, Machine yeah. Head. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're great. playing Brooklyn Bazaar, I think. Yeah. Brooklyn Bazaar with Ake. Okay. One night, and then they're playing another night, I think, in Brooklyn at a different venue. Yeah. Gold Sounds, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. yeah, man, great video. Those were great, though. You, like I said, you saw stage diving, you saw moshing, you know, and, yeah. and it, it brought know, more energy and excitement and just yeah. into my little world, you know? Sure. At that time, it, I didn't really have much. It was a very small town. Yeah, you being know? all the way up there. See, I was born and raised in Brooklyn. Yeah, right. So it's like, I remember, like, the very beginning of, who's this biohazard right. band? Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm 43, yeah. so it's like, I remember... Yeah. Those first few shows at Lemoore's where, you know, 50 people are there. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have that. You know, we had had that sort of just weird, weird venue, weird people would show up, and then there'd be like me and my boy who were like the real hardcore dudes. Right. And God forbid you danced, you know, and and it was just just kind of weird. And then I got old enough to go to Syracuse, you know, and that's where... At the same time, Earth Crisis popped off, you right. know, and I was kind of a part of that whole Syracuse getting big thing, you know, because Earth Crisis took off, which yeah. brought attention to Syracuse, which, again, wasn't even a big scene. It was only about 40 or 50 of us you right. know, at that time, which half of them were dudes from New Jersey that were up there going to SU. Josh okay. from Trustkill, okay. he was up there at the time going to school, um, and he had some friends and... It was a lot of sort of transients, and yeah. the, once they left, the local scene, you know, was really only made up of 30, 40 people, you know, and then once those people started to sort of grow up and disperse and whatever, the scene became 10 people, and then it yeah. just became nothing, and right. that's what happened to Syracuse, really. Is there a scene at all up there at all? There is, is you there? know, yeah, I mean, I, again, I haven't been up there in five... I mean, it's grown so much now, yeah. so it's gotta, you know... I left in 2003, so it's okay. been 16 years, so yeah. I, don't, I don't even know what's going on up there anymore. Yeah. Um, but it was always, I feel, just that area in general, it's just smaller, you know what um. I mean? It's not... 
it doesn't have the same pulse, obviously, the city has. Right. Um, which is kind of how I ended up here and why I ended up here, you know? Like, I feel like I just needed more of a pulse. I needed more yeah. energy, you know? Yeah. I was super amped up, dude, you know? Like, I found some shit, and I had a lot of fucking pride, you know? Yeah. And I was doing bands, and, you know, it was my life. It still is, you know, yeah. a lot, in a lot of ways. But at that time, I mean, there was nothing else in the world that I gave a fuck about, you yeah. know, really. Quit college. I mean, everything. You know, the whole yeah. nine. Broke up with my girlfriend. Like, everything. I was like, whatever, dude. This band is... It's all I got. Yeah. You know? So, um... I took it very seriously, you know? Yeah. Ended up here. Yeah. Thing, man. yeah, totally. People don't get it. Like, you know, obviously, a lot of people that listen to this, obviously, they get it, but... You know, the average person on the street has no fucking yeah. idea. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's weird and now. And we like that, though. Yeah, totally. But it's also weird being a you know, 40-something-year-old adult taking my kids to school. And yeah. they're talking to me about, hey, what do you do? And, oh, I was in a band and blah, blah, blah. And it's right. just like, people don't get it. They really don't get right. it, you know? And we are fortunate in a way that they don't get it because it's easier that way sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you think about it, it's like, wow, there's, there's nobody else in that schoolyard at that moment, for the most part, that, that can have that conversation no. that I can have. You know right. what I mean? That I've been to Australia, Europe, whatever, Japan numerous times, you know? And it's all because of, you know, like this, like like we went back to this little thing of hearing music. Yeah. And hearing a different, an aggressive form of it, and then finding an even more aggressive form, and and pursuing that, and just shit. building on it, you know. Yeah. And that's all that this shit is, dude. It's you know anybody can do it, you know. Like yeah. we said, no one was born into being whatever in AF or in right. Madball. I mean, this is these are just dudes that have done it. Yeah, that's all they've known how to do. So that's what they do, you yeah. know. And I kind of you know follow suit with that, you know. Yeah. I try to at least, you know. Like I don't. It grows, it evolves, it changes. There's plenty of bands out there that I don't know what the fuck they sound like today. Same here. Ten years ago, I could have told you every band that's yeah. on you know, out there, uh-huh. and it is what it is. That's just the evolution. Yeah. You know, and I'll never talk bad about it, and I, and I don't ever want to be the jaded old guy right, at the show. Neither. You know, and I understand that this version of hardcore may not be what I Same here. consider hardcore, but there's a fucking... 14, 15 year old kid out there that needs it just like I needed fucking what I had. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just it. I could tell you how many people were like, dude, what you listen to, that's just metal. That's metal. I'm like, nah, dude, that's hardcore. Yeah. But it wasn't. It was metal to these guys. These guys grew up listening to Discharge and Exploited and whatever. And that was punk, you know? I'm listening to Integrity and Earth Crisis and All Out War. You know what I mean? Like, that's metal. Yeah. You know, well, so Michael even say Michael even say all out war, absolutely metal. <laughs> but again, at that time, it was under that uh, hardcore umbrella. It was a different, again, it was a different time. Yeah. You know, that shit doesn't well, necessarily yeah. translate and relate to nowadays. Right. You know, and I know a lot of heads that try to put that on the modern, and it's like you can't, dude. You can't do that. You can't do that. Even though we t- we, we, my mind goes that way yeah, too. But you, you want have to. to, you have to reel it back yeah. a little bit. And it's like it's like you were saying, like there's some bands I don't get it. Yep. Like some of it I just don't get. Yeah. But maybe it's just not for me to get. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not going to mention any names, yeah. but like there was a band that has a huge amount of hype and yeah. buzz. Not my thing. Yeah. They played this as hardcore last year. Yeah. Bro, the stage lights went on and there's a little bit of feedback. And there's a thousand kids beating yeah. each other up to yeah. this, loving it. Yeah. Beautiful thing, yeah, absolutely. I loved it. Yeah. Not my, not. I'm not a fan of the band, but yeah. all you kids are enjoying yeah. yourself. 
Just like you said, yeah. they need that. They need it. Have at it. They need it. You know, have a ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I needed it too. You know, and 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 it's funny because I don't talk much. You know, I don't do many interviews. I don't talk about this much with anybody. Right. So to sit here and actually start talking and and things come up in your head. Yeah, you know, and you're like, wow, this is this is crazy. You know, that like that really has had such a massive impact on your whole life, dude. Whole life at this point. Yeah, you know, where you look at shit, the way you fucking judge people, and, 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 and yeah, how you look at shit. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. It's important, you know. It's valuable. And that's why dudes can't shit on newer bands. Because it's like, there's some fucking kid out there that needs this just as much as you needed it yep. 30 years ago. Exactly. Dude. Don't be a dick about it. Right. You know what I mean? I don't get it. I don't care. Right. I don't go to nearly as many shows anymore. Me neither. It doesn't mean I love this thing any less than I did 20, 30 years ago. Right. It's just somebody else's hardcore scene now. Right. You know what I mean? And you're also and a father with children. Yeah, absolutely. You're, 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 priorities you're, you're are different. Father. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm saying when I have free time and it's either the hardcore show or the ba- babbling brook in my backyard with my kids. That's right. I'll probably be back here. I, I don't know? blame you. Yeah. So, but... It's still a beautiful thing, and it's still a very valuable and important thing in my life. You know, I mean, I do the, the zine, you know, and that's yeah. out of just because it's a way for me to sort of, uh, I don't know, get stuff out there, but also still pull people in, in a way. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, there's plenty of young kids that probably don't know half the shit right. that's in that zine, you know? Let's talk about the zine. Yeah. Um how did it come up, and what, what, what made you decide to do that it? Was, that was, again, one of these things where I just had this moment in life where I was like, man, I'm not on tour. I don't have a band. You know, like, yeah. Manipulate was sort of, you know, like I said, not doing anything. Um, and I needed something to do, you know? And I've had this I've had this blog, I guess you would call it now, for probably well over a decade, you know? I never promoted it. up? Yeah, what I never promoted uh, an Attitude of Zooms. Okay. And it's been that name for 10 years, you know? And um, I never promote it just because it's it's more of just a catalog for me. I put stuff up there and it's like, oh, I got to remember to go check out this record or this band. or right. You know what I mean? It's more of, it was more just a, a, a pastime thing. Right. So I got the idea. My friend Patrick did, um, that does Reaper Records, he did this fanzine called Tribal. And it was a tattoo-based fanzine. And um, no affiliation with Tribal from the West Coast? Tribal no, the co- no. Okay. Just tribal tattoo. Okay. Um, and it was, again, just a grassroots punk rock style cut and paste magazine, but it was all tattoo based. And I loved it, you know. And he did 10 issues of this thing, and he was just like, that's it, it's a wrap, it's done. And um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a zine. I haven't done a zine in 20 years. I got yeah. nothing going on, um, you know, to sort of contribute to the scene or whatever, no yeah. bands, no whatever. And. Just sort of just grab. Fo- I've always had photos just laying around, you know, shit that I grabbed from the internet over the years, and just my own photos and whatever. So just compiled it, threw together a zine. Actually, the first thing was the rabies thing that I did. I did a little rabies photo zine. Um, when rabies, there was the anniversary of his passing, and I did a shirt design. The United is one shirt design with a button. Okay. And then I threw together this zine literally in an hour just to have an extra thing to throw in the package, you know? Yeah. And I had a fucking blast doing it. I was like, wow, that was a lot of fun. And then that idea for the full zine came about. And I think doing graphic design and shit like that. Yeah, you yeah, know? It's and fucking it, fun. It's, it's therapy for me, yeah, too, bro. Yeah, and, and I was using 
to get into design nerd stuff, I was using InDesign for this, which is a program I typically don't have to use in right. my day-to-day, you know? I'm pretty much a Photoshop Illustrator guy for my style. I use old shit, bro. Oh, I have yeah. fucking Photoshop Elements like nine. Oh, yeah? Yeah. See, I pay for the big boy shit, so yeah. that's that's what I mean. I pay for this. I pay for InDesign. I'm like, I might as well be using it. Yeah. So InDesign typically is used for, you know, magazine layouts and print stuff. So that was also a way for me, being a freelancer, to get my chops up, you know, but also at the same time sort of contribute something new to the scene and something new artistically and creatively, you know. And I just like building on shit, you know, and it's like I'm not looking to to turn it into hit parade or anything. It's right. just it's just something there for me to fucking do when I feel like doing it, you know. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing with manipulate, you know. It's like it's just there, you know. It's Yeah. I, I don't care to, to to push it and whatever. It's just there for when I need it, you right. know. Um, and it's the same thing with the zine, you know. I did two issues, and they were fun, and um, it's just, it's labor, you know. Yeah. It's labor. Yeah. So it's hard to find the time to constantly do it, but I hear you. it's just one of those things. It's a way of contributing and yeah. turning younger kids on to, hopefully, turning younger kids on to some shit that I feel matters, you know. Yeah. And it's also a way to promote new shit. Um, Lou from Sub-Zero's got a new band. Black and Morning, yeah. Um, put them in the last zine just because love Lou, love Sub Zero, yeah. And it's just, a, and I mean, that's what zines were. It was just what's happening at that time. You put it on paper. You didn't think about it. Yeah. You fucking went down on your typewriter. Yeah. You typed it up. You cut it out. Yeah. You pasted it. Yeah, that dude. Shit. Yeah. And that's that's just what it was. And that was kind of the approach. Like I don't want to. I just want to sit down and just bang something out. You yeah. Know? And that was that's what the zine was. All right. Um, so let's trickle back. Yeah. Where, where, when did you first link up or, or meet Scott Vogel? Because I want to go into the terror thing. Yeah, all right. Um, Scott was from Buffalo. Right. Which is... So if you're looking at New York State, all the way west, you got Buffalo. Yeah. All the way east, you got Albany. Straight in the middle is Syracuse. Gotcha. So... Again, back then, early 90s, Syracuse was kind of the, the popping upstate scene based on Earth Crisis and whatever. Um, so a lot of Buffalo and Albany and Rochester people would come to Syracuse for the shows. And we had shows in the early 90s, dude, every two weeks. You know, like every second Sunday there was... And I'm not talking like shows like a little band. This It was like outspoken mouthpiece. Sick. You know, you name it. Any fucking band at that time was, you know, playing their Unbroken, Undertow, Earth Crisis, Bloodlet, Damnation. Yeah. Earth Crisis, Path of Resistance. I mean, it was... Every show was a banger, dude. Every show was a banger. So you had a lot of people traveling, you know. Like I said, Buffalo would come, Albany, Jersey, Canada, a lot of Chicago, lots of people. Dudes would fly over from Australia for some of these shows. Like it was, it was wild. So Scott was a regular, you know. Scott was a. F- every He's si- still such a dude, huge hardcore fan. I love Scott. Every Bull. single hard, every single Syracuse show Scott was at. Yeah. And pretty much not every single Buffalo show, but if it was, you know, a banging show, I was probably at the Buffalo show. Yeah. And again, a lot of those times, you know, these bands would be coming up from New York and they would go up to Albany and then Syracuse, Buffalo, you know, and you just hit that sort of that trifecta yeah. going across New York State on the way out west or wherever, you know. Yeah. So um, I met Scott 
Yeah, back then it had to have been Slugfest show or some shit. No, I didn't know. I saw Slugfest numerous times, um, but I think I met him during Despair. I would okay. imagine. Um, I don't know if we ever played. No, I don't think any of the bands AV was playing yet. We started playing a lot with Buried Alive though, and that's where we became like you know friends. Yeah, we knew each other at Despair in that, um, but. Did you fill in for Buried Alive not too long ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, that had to have been probably mid-90s, whatever. Okay. But AV and Buried Alive and All Out War reached the sky. That was pretty much every show we played was with one of those bands, you know. So that's where me and Scott became, you know, pretty pretty close. And we always said, you know, it was always one of those things where it's like, we're going to do a band together someday, you know. And it's just... He had his thing. I always had my thing, <clears throat> and <clears throat> we eventually did. All right. But um, because then obviously he. I mean, I think I heard him. I could be wrong. But I don't think I am. Maybe. But he had like a girlfriend or something. And he moved all the way out to to, to California for that. Yeah. Right. And yeah. then that's basically where Terror was formed. Yeah. He was part, in Arizona actually <clears throat> for a little while, and I actually stayed. We stayed with him in Arizona on nine eleven. We were at his house. Oh no! Shit. In Arizona, yeah. That's where you were nine eleven. That's where I was. Yep. Okay. And we were at his house, and we left his house to go get a hotel room. And uh, I gave the guy my license at the desk, and he's like, "Oh, you're from New York." And I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Yo, shit's going down." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, someone just fucking flew a plane into the you know the Fuck, World Trade." Yeah. And we went up, turned the TV on, and just as I turned the TV on, the second the second plane hit. Uh huh. Um, so that's yeah. Scott was in Arizona for a little while, and then he went to California. And um, again, I don't know if I have this right either, but I think he started Terror with um, John Lacroix, who played in Ten Yard Fight. Right. Um, and maybe Nick Jet right off the bat too. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. But they had a weird lineup, <clears throat> a couple lineups at first. <clears throat> but dude, took off. You know. Fuck. Yeah. One of my favorite bands. Yeah. They really are. Yeah. Me too. Absolutely. Fuck. It's so yeah. good. <clears throat> but he's you know, he's a corman. He's a man of the core. Yeah. Fuck. So yeah, of course it's going to be good. He knows exactly what good hardcore is you know i mean it's it's a no-brainer yeah and that band to this day is still you know it's fucking so fucking ridiculous it's not a bad song no there's not a fucking bad song dude mm-hmm. like every record yeah. there's not a fucking dull moment yeah not a bad show not a bad song i mean what's up with that it's yeah. so rare it's realness dude and yeah. you know, not for nothing i mean it's not because they're my friends or whatever but it's like that's just real shit you yeah. know and i know because i was there you know i was a yeah. part of it you know and you you joined how did you get recruited in why do i want to say i think i i a while back a few months ago i was reading i browsed with the no echo interview you did yeah but i was reading it and i was like how come I could have sworn that you were you were, you also played on always the hard way. No, I did. Well, you're on the picture. I'm on the record. <clears throat> Basically, Carl, who played bass at that time, right, had already bailed. Okay, but they had the songs written. The record was being recorded, so Carl came in and played. Uh, on that record, okay, he was already out of the band. Right, he wasn't doing the future stuff. Right. He was already out. I was already in. I was there recording, doing backups. Um, 
and I don't even know. I think I might have already been in the band yeah. at that point. I don't even remember. But yeah, we did you know photo shoot for, for the record, and I was already you know in, right. in the band at that point. So right. that's why I'm pictured on the record. Right. Did backups, but I didn't play on that gotcha. record. That's and then what it is. yeah, okay. and then right. we did the Always the Hard Way tour, right? Which I was on that tour, and I did you know obviously the following record, and which was. Uh, uh, the damn shame. Yeah. And then we had that seven inch in rhythm between. Among the, rhythm yeah. amongst the chaos. And I did that one. And um, we had some, I think, I don't know if it ever got released, but we recorded something at the BBC uh, radio studios in London. Oh, yeah? That was awesome. And I remember it sounding really good. I don't know if it ever came out or whatever happened to it. It might be somewhere. Yeah. You go to YouTube that. and you'll yeah, right. be surprised at what's yeah. on there. But yeah, the only thing I ever played on. For them was that seven inch and the, the damn shame, yeah. Um, but you know, it's just they're just real dudes, man. You yeah. know, and to this day, you, you just you see it. You know, yeah. when they get on stage, and it's like there's no bullshit, there's no egos. It's just a hardcore show. That's all it ever was. Yeah, you know, it's just a hardcore show. So, but yeah, man, I wish I could have. I wish I could have stayed a little bit longer. You know, yeah. that it was short sighted, <clears throat> probably just. I don't know, a turning point in my life, you know, I was hitting 30, um, I was over straight edge, you know, the promise thing had broken up, not that I was over straight edge, I was over it in my life, I right. was over it, applying it to my life, I right. should say, straight edge to this day still saved probably my life, and right. I, I completely respect the hell out of it, um, yeah. so do I, you know, I have a tattooed on me still, I won't right. cover it up, because right. I'm not ashamed of it, right. you know, um, but at that point in my life, it was just a turning point, and I don't know, man. I guess real life sort of hit, you know, the idea of getting married, having kids, buying a house. And I don't want to say growing up, because I, I've never grown up, and I probably never will. Me neither. But there comes a point where you need to start thinking about things a little bit more aggressively than sleeping on a mattress on a floor in an apartment. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, the idea of committing to a female to have a family to own a home right. these things started to come into play a lot more than they did years prior sure on top of becoming a dumb drunk for a couple of years and yeah. just dumb shit you know uh, i think i self-destructed oh know. i have i have we can go on yeah Listen to episode 49, you'll hear all about yeah, me being yeah. a fucking degenerate mess. Yeah, and sure. it sucks that I self-destructed. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, you know, the band was what I took it out on, you know. I took it out on, but I just did, I didn't know how to act, dude. You know, right. I, was, I, was a, I was a fool. Yeah. And I didn't know how to think because I was just whacked out and yeah. drunk and just like, you know, I had all these other things going on. Should I be home? Should I be doing this instead? And... Do I need to be out here hung over every single morning, puking? Uh, and it's just like, yeah, it was just bad behavior, dumb decisions. Yeah, and uh, we all make them. Yeah, bro. dude, yeah. you know, and it sucks. It sucks. But I was like, all right, this is it. I'm done with this. Yeah, and it sucks, but it is what it is. You know. Yeah. Came home, and then the MP thing sort of fell into my lap. I was gonna say. You know? yeah. I was gonna say then enter maximum penalty. Yeah. So, I remember. It might have been... I don't even know if it was Facebook. It might have been, like, MySpace. MySpace with Terror? I remember you posted something. It wasn't about Terror. It was about... About MP. About MP saying, like, 
like the like the kid is back. Well, like that's one how of my favorites. Blah blah blah. I'll be playing for MP. Like I remember that. Oh, that no 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 no. Uh, I thought you were gonna say. So I got the MP thing's funny because it ties into Terror. Okay. Because at that time I was probably handling the MySpace for Terror, and I remember we got. Um, before Life and Times came out, they had like a four-song sampler. Okay. With four of the songs from the record. Right. And I, we got a copy of it somehow. We played it and we're like, holy fuck, dude. Like, this new MP is bonkers. Yeah. And I remember going on our MySpace and being like, dude, everybody's got to go fucking sweat this new Maximum Penalty shit. And that's how, <laughs> ironically, that's how they found out about me. Because they're like, oh, wow, this is cool. This guy from Terror is talking about our new record, you know, oh, our, our, okay. our new songs. That's when they had, the, like, the MySpace players, remember? Of course. So I think that's what MySpace it, was the shit. Yeah, dude. It was, dude. You customize your yeah, own shit, backgrounds. Yeah. So we sent people over to their MySpace to peep the songs, you know, and I think that's where they found out about Terror and me, necessarily. And then... Um, yeah, Terror was done 2008. I left, and then I was in MP less than a year later. I think I started playing with them in August of 2009. So Ten years already. It's been ten years in MP. Fuck. Yeah, right. That's the longest band I've ever been in at this oh, point. Shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not even my band. Yeah. <laughs> never written a word, never written a lick, nothing. It's just, just go have fun. show up and play. It's yeah. a hardcore show. But, uh... That's, I think, how that sort of, that introduction came. Because, yeah, um, yeah they found out that I was out, and Affy, Affy told me this story, Joe Affy from yeah. MP the other day, actually. He's like, I remember I was out one night with Cousin Joey, and I was like, what's up with this guy, Busky? Is he, <laughs> is he free now? And uh, Joey's like, yeah, he's, you know, he's not in terror anymore. He's like, I'm going to go talk to him. So he came up and whatever, I don't know. We, we were at some MP show. Yeah. And he came up to me and whatever. But, um, yeah, that's been 10 years. That's crazy. <laughs> but, again, it just sort of it came from, it was a natural sort of progression out of terror into MP. Yeah. Based on that one post. You know, that's all it took was that one post. Weird. Yeah. And I, I grew up listening to that demo. Yeah, of course. You know, so yeah. it's just like, you know, it's amazing to think that, again, any this isn't any stroke of any, it's just, dude, you just hang around. That's all you got to do. Exactly. Be real and hang around and last, yeah. you know, and good things will happen, you know. Yeah. That's it. And MP's been 10 years at this point. Um, Anything new going to come out? Anything written? Anything yeah, there's, MP? there's new shit that's slowly being worked on. Um, we went to Europe a couple years ago, and our drummer, who's been like the drummer forever, he left. He moved on to Florida, and we went through a good year or two of figuring out a drummer situation. Um, we've got Eric, uh, RC, Goat, who played in Scarhead and, yeah. you know, Misfits. Uh, he's playing with us now, which has been great probably yeah. over a year or two at this point yeah you guys killed it this <clears throat> yeah thanks yeah man so um <clears throat> i think he's him and joe are sort of working on you know learning the new songs and 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 all that but there's there's some good new stuff i think probably six or seven songs okay so again reaper i think we'll be doing that um i don't know no timeline yet <clears throat> you know it's all just What's your connection with Reaper Records? Reaper's run by Patrick Kitzel, 
who, <laughs> man, this is a wild. Maybe we got to figure out how to go back to this. <laughs> Patrick Kitzel. You don't have to go nuts. No, <laughs> I got to get it right, man. I got to think. Patrick Kitzel came into the picture, Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, Earth Crisis Buried Alive show. And it was our friend Mike Ski who played in Brothers Keeper. Okay. He got married and he had a show, Earth Crisis, Brothers Keeper, and Buried Alive, I think. Crazy. Yeah, it was a great show. Yeah. So we all went down for the wedding, the show, the whole nine. Patrick flew in. Patrick was already very good friends with Scott. Okay. Because Scott had already been to Europe with Despair. And Patrick booked a lot of that stuff. He might have even tour managed them at that point. Um, so Scott was already good friends with Patrick. <clears throat> so Patrick flew over for this event. We were both doing stage dives for Buried Alive. Hmm. And they got done playing. And I went up to Scott, was talking to Scott. And Patrick came up to Scott. And he just gave me, like, the shittiest look. And I'm like, fuck this dude right now. <laughs> fuck this dude. And he looks at me and goes, yo, great stage dives. And I went, yeah, you too. <laughs> and that was it. Right. And now we have these feet first tattoos with 918.99 because that was That's the, my daughter's birthday. Oh, yeah? 918. Well, that's yeah. the day I met Patrick Kitzel. Oh, shit. And we complimented each other's stage dives and we've been and friends. We both have feet first tattoos. Feet first tattoos. And that's awesome. We became friends, you know? And uh, he went back to Germany and we sort of became, you know, pen pals or whatever you want to call it. He would send me, he had a band called True Blue. And um, which today is still probably one of my favorite bands. True Blue, they're very, very Chromagsy. Okay. European style, you know, okay. but Chromags, amazing, great, great visuals, great everything, you know, yeah. great T-shirt designs, the whole nine, just an awesome, awesome band, great package. So he would send me all this True Blue shit, you know, and we would just just became friendly, you know. Yeah. And True Blue came over here for a tour. I booked the Syracuse show for them um, and he ended up getting married to my ex-girlfriend <laughs> and who you know they're now divorced but you know again it's just dude there's so many there's so many stories that of we course. could go you of know course. and there's but so then many, you get into weird murky water yeah, but, you might not want to yeah but it's weird because <laughs> it's it all ties in to all this and that and this and you can go off on so many different tangents yeah but I think Patrick came in through Scott honestly you know because he was good friends with Scott and we just happened to be talking to Scott at the same time and made a comment and that was that you know and um basically to, to jump a little bit further ahead he moved here to get married um and started the label you know yeah and he needed someone to just do graphics and just whatever it's just kind of a right hand man you know it's his label but anytime he needs help i'm the guy to help him you know yeah. with with pride and We've done a lot of great shit together, you know. Yeah. And he started off as a very amateur style, for lack of a better word, designer. He would just throw shit together to throw shit together. And over the years, I think just from working with each other and feeding off each other, you know, he's put together the, the tattoo zine, which looks amazing. <clears throat> um, we put out a couple books. We did the <coughs> we did the Nemesis Records. <laughs> 
we did the Nemesis Records discography book together. <clears throat> um, he just put out. That's awesome. Yeah. Your dog is bugging out because yeah. he's a squirrel. That's awesome. Yeah. She loves it back here. <laughs> but he's just, a, you know, he's just a good friend, you know, yeah. and, and he's follows the pretty much the same exact path that I've been on as a child. Our whole upbringing, you know, our family situations, lack of whatever. Um, music, we all, it's the same thing. We love the same things. Yeah. So he's just basically a right-hand man, you know. Yeah. I call on him for plenty of shit, and he calls on me for plenty of shit. But, uh, you know, he's the brains and everything behind Reaper. Yeah. I'm just there to help out when I can. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We're good shit, man. Yeah, man. What are we at? What are we at for time-wise? We're at an hour. Really? Yeah. Am I babbling? Or Not at all, I... dude. You're very concise. Yeah? Yeah, you're very uh, calculated. Like I said, I don't ever really... I don't ever have to think about this. I don't ever... You know, I don't yeah. do many talking interviews about myself, so... Yeah. It's sort of just coming out as, yeah, you know... Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a good thing, yeah. sure. Well, I mean, you, you, you even said it, like... You never told the fucking beating up the fucking yeah. What was his name? Mickey Mickey, Mickey Burton. Mickey Burton. And I wonder where he's at. I don't know. Mickey Burton. He once sat on me. Did he? We, we once got. Was into he like a fat kid? No, he was just a big boy. Okay. And he was older than me, so he was a he was a you know bully kind of a yeah you know dude. What and do you I, think he's doing right now? Uh, he's probably an asshole. Yeah. He's probably. An what do you asshole. think he does for work? I think he's miserable. Couldn't even tell you. Yeah. But I can tell you that there's a cop in the town that I grew up in that I would love if I could and if he's if there's any way somebody could make this happen out there well, he <laughs> you could never just, know he could take his badge off and we could just shoot a fair one I would love to nice because there's so much shit that he talked as yeah. a child yeah so much just drama that he caused and it, I don't want to live in the past here but right. it's, it's something just to it's just it's just so prophetic that this <laughs> dickhead as a child yeah. is now a dickhead cop. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, dude, take it off. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Let's go, please. Let's go. <laughs> you know. Funny. Yeah. He pulled me over once with my mom. Oh. Here's God. a story for you. Alright. You guys ready? I'm all ears. So we're coming home from Ozfest in Buffalo. My mom loves Ozzy, Black Sabbath. We That's took, awesome. Yeah. We took her to go see Sabbath or I forget what it was. Um, Pantera, Sabbath. And it's like three in the morning. I'm dropping my brother off in Auburn. Tiny ass town. I'm right. literally the only car on the street. Right. The light turns red on the other side. So I'm assuming it's about to turn green on my side. I, yep. I take my foot off the gas. It's three o'clock in the morning, mind you. Nobody's yeah. out. Right. I saw the light turn green, so I know I didn't run the red. Right. I go through it. I get pulled over. Who? Who is it? Jerk off. Jerk off. <laughs> no idea he was a cop. This is now 20 years after. I had no idea. Oh, didn't even, my God. No idea. So, cop pulls me over. I'm already, a, you know, pissed off because here we are at 3 in the morning with my mom. Yeah. No need to get pulled over. And he rolls up, put my window down, and I look at the badge the nameplate and I'm like no way no way is it this dude <laughs> fuck so he gets typical cop you know uh. smart mouthy you think I want to be out here cleaning you up off the streets because you can't wait for the green light just total condescending total uh. cop talk yeah no I don't think you want to be out here 
I don't want to be out here either, dude. Right. You know. So he leaves, goes back to the car, comes back, and it's been like 15, 20 minutes, and I'm just boiling at this point. Because it's like, dude, you, you can't just let me leave. Right. I'm literally a block from my house. Right. Just let me go, dude. Right. He comes back with a ticket. Oh. And he walks up, and he's like, all right, what you're going to have to do? And I just fucking snatched the ticket right out of his hand. I ripped it up, threw it right in his face, rolled up the window, and just peeled out and took off. Really? And he's 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 a cop. Yeah. Now, you know? And this is the same dickhead. I'm he didn't fucking chase you. No. Well, I got my license suspended, you okay. know, the whole nine. You know? <laughs> nice. But um, I had to pay for it. You of know? course. And I'm cool with that. You yeah, know, it's listen. just... It is what it is, you yeah. know? You act like an asshole, you got to pay for it somehow. Yeah. So... He's now a cop, you know. Uh, so I'm sure Mickey Burton probably is. <laughs> I don't think he's too far behind. I think I had a pretty good, you know, instinct for assholes yeah. as a kid. Yeah. For sure. You know, and I don't know, man, not to get off on a tangent, but I was I was never into that bully shit, you know, right. ever, ever. Right. And it's funny because the hardcore scene is so bully eccentric to a degree. You yeah. know what I mean? There's There's a lot of tough guys. There's a lot of guys that like to act tough. Right. And it's a violent scene, you know? Yeah. I mean, the dancing is about punching and land, slam dancing and yeah. landing on people and diving on their heads. And yeah. it's violent, you know? And obviously that's why I was attracted to it. Sure. But uh, I was never into that sort of bully mentality, though, that yeah, that dickhead just condescending, like, just be fucking cool until you don't have to be cool. Right. You know what I mean? There's a time and a place to be a dick. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Like, you don't just come out of your fucking face and be a dick to people. Right. And that's, to me, what, you know, that's why I handled the shit as a kid the way that I did. Yeah. You know? I came from a house where that's what happened to me quite often, you yeah. know? And I didn't like seeing it happen to other people for right. no reason. Because it was happening to me for no reason. Sure. I was just being a kid. Same here. I got treated like whatever for it, yeah. you know? Same here. And when I saw it happening to other people, I just couldn't stand for it. I still can't, dude. Yeah, not I, me. You know, I really can't. I don't like that bully shit. That, and it's I, like, all right, you're a tough guy. Everyone gets it. But relax. Yeah, and it's not even so much about the toughness. It's about just the delivery, the way yeah, people... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, the way, way you yeah, carry yourself. Just, about, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. And it's like, it's 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 okay to be cool and nice. And yeah. it's okay to, to, you know, you don't have to fucking be a dick. You don't right. have to be tough and rude, you know? Yeah. So that shit always just rubbed me wrong, man. Always, and it still does, you know? Yeah. And that's why I, f I fear my kids growing up and getting to that stage in life where they're going to have to start dealing with taking care of themselves and projecting a certain energy, you know, sure. and putting up a certain field of yeah. don't fuck with me because you have to, yeah. you know? And I have two very beautiful little girls, yeah. you know? And they're it's a little scary, dude. Yeah, dude. And the yeah. mother's completely nonviolent. And right. then there's daddy who, who's, not that I'm violent, you know, but I'll take care of shit when I have to take care Absolutely. of it, you know? And there's a way that, I, you know, I got to teach these kids how to be resilient to a lot of that fucking bully, yeah. tough guy, tough girl, whatever bullshit, you know? Yeah. It's but, a different animal nowadays, too. There's a lot of this online yeah, shit man. and all that stuff. Yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. I mean, bullies are going to be bullies, but there's a different medium nowadays. It's, times are different than back then, yeah. but not to sound like the old guy, but it's true. You know yeah. the deal. Yeah. You know, we're the generation that used to use fucking, you know, pay phones and rotary yeah. phones, and now we have this weird shit, yeah. you know, all well, within our lifetime. You used to have to call and talk to the parents of the person you were calling before yep. you could even talk to them. You know what I mean? Crazy. And if you had some sort of respect 
you would just be like, yeah, is Bob there? You'd be like, hey, Mrs. or Mr. So-and-so. Absolutely. This is Jonathan. Is so-and-so home? You know, can I yeah. speak to... I mean, that's the way I was raised. Same you know here. What I mean? You'd be nice. Yeah. Period. You say please and thank yeah, you. Yeah, dude. You know, fucking normal simple. manners. Yeah. It's simple. Yeah. Simple shit. Yeah. Totally. Which a lot of times... Well, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I see a lot of times all that shit is gone. Yeah. I mean, I teach my daughter that. My daughter has yeah. manners. She says, please and thank you. Yeah. And I try to instill that, be nice, but, you know, I try to. Yeah. And she's, a, thank God, she's like a sweetheart of a yeah. girl. She's not rude. Yeah. You know, and she's never been. I've yeah. never had to, like... It just becomes a part of them, <clears throat> I think, you know. Yeah. There's definitely a rebellion that's going to happen. I did it as a kid, but of I course. feel like through that rebellion, I was always a good kid. Same you know what I mean? Like, I was just being, and I was just figuring out my life, figuring out who I was, you know? Yeah, you go through these awkward things. Yeah, man. absolutely. You're fucking hormones, you're a fucking little yeah. kid, and you, I get it. But at the end of the day, I feel like I always had respect for people, especially elders, you sure. know? And, I don't know, just a sort of, a, I don't know, a good look on things, yeah. you know? Yeah, man. But. Nice. So where are we at? I don't know, we're like a minute and eight. Yeah. We're good. We're good. What do you got? What do you got? Anything more? What do you mean? Uh, Well, like I said, I don't have no questions for you. I'm just kind of bouncing off of you. Yeah. But, um, dude, we touched on a lot of fucking funny shit, though. Like, like, I completely forgot about the zine. Yeah. You know, and then you mentioned Reaper, and then I was like, that's right, Reaper. Yeah. 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 That's about it at the moment, I think. I'm trying to think if there's anything brewing. Um... Show-wise, Maximum Penalty, anything in the works? Nothing, man. Honestly, you know, everything's pretty calm right now, which is kind of good because it's been busy, yeah. you know? Uh, you ever have ideas of, of creating another band or no? Too much? Yeah, I, you know, like I said, we had those six, what what were going to be Promise songs. They're done. It's me, JD, and Derek. Um, I don't know, man. We've been talking to somebody... Who's agreed to sing on it, but nothing has happened yet, so I probably shouldn't say anything. That's fine. Um, so hopefully that will come together sooner than later. Yeah. And if it does, it's almost a, you know dream come true for me. So hopefully that'll come together. Um, but at the same time, me and Derek have been just sending riffs back and forth. He's got like a drum machine or a electronic drum kit that yeah. he recently got. So. I've just been sending him tracks, guitar tracks, and he'll put drums to it. And I don't know. I, there's just there's always something cooking. I've had this band with Rob from Cannibal Corpse since I was in Terror, um, and we were supposed to record that record a couple years ago. What's the name of the band? No name. It's again. It's just we send songs back and forth, and there's probably about 15 songs at this point. Really? And. Uh, we made a date to go record the record. I bought a plane ticket, the whole nine, and then Sandy hit, and uh. it destroyed the studio down there in Florida. So we canceled that, and that's, again, that's just sitting down there in my hard drive. Jesus Christ. So there's that thing with Rob. There's... You have Manipulate Shit. Six Promise songs. There's Manipulate Shit, and then there's new shit that I've sort of been cooking, you know? Okay. So, I don't know, at some point something will happen yeah. with that. And then there's MP shit that, you know what I mean, it's, that they're cooking. Right. And uh, the zine is, I've got another issue slowly coming together, so that'll be soon. Okay. Something, I don't know. Um, 
shit, what else? That's it, really. What's your Desert Island fucking record? <sighs> that one record. Man. I know it's a stupid question, but I always have to ask it. Only one? Just one. Only one. Well, I have one, I have one across all genres of music, period, and then I have one hardcore record. See, here's my problem with this question. Is I'm a moody guy. That's why my okay, go ahead. You know what I mean. Course, so it's no, like I, I can't, I, it. I can't put on Black Sabbath when I, but I could. That's the thing, man. Right. I don't know. I don't know, man. Mine's a weird one, and a lot of people are like really. Hmm, I didn't expect that. Mine is Quicksand Slip. Yeah, that's interesting because it's there's different shit in there. It goes through. It goes through a lot of moods. Yeah. And if it's a hardcore record, blood, sweat, and no tears. Yeah, yeah, it's a, that's a banger, man. It really is such a banger of a record. <laughs> Once a week, I'll listen to it in its entirety. All right, I gotta go. Man, this is so tough. Dude. Of course it is. It's so tough because yeah. Victim in <laughs> Pain is the best hardcore record ever. Ever, made. it ever is. Made. So I feel like you can't. That's, that's I mean, Craig ahead. Shout out to fucking Craig Satari. He always says. It's like if you were to put one record in a time capsule, yeah, and in oh, totally. five hundred years later, and uh, what is New York hardcore? And they, that's yeah. New York hardcore, yeah. victim of pain. But which is amazing that Agnostic Front's doing thirty-five year yeah. anniversary tour yeah. as we speak. Yeah, insane. Um, it's not an easy question. Yeah, but the thing is, it's a great hardcore record, but it doesn't speak to me the way that maybe Judge Bringing It Down does. You know what I mean? Like, for me, Bringing It Down was just a real, it really, really made sense to me, you know? Um, and that's kind of what we based the promise off of, you know? It was just like, we just want to be like Judge, like, fuck everybody, yeah. you know? Um, so is that your pick? I don't know. It's a t- <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to go with Bringing It Down, honestly, yeah. Okay. Um I just love that record. The production's amazing, amazing you know, everything. I love the colors of it. I just, when I think of it, I just, I get a visual. You see the colors. And I yeah. see it, and I'm just like, that's it, dude. Yeah. The, the purple, and like, you know, like, of I just course. love it. I love that record. Um, and I gotta go Master of Reality, you know, okay. Black Sabbath. Well, that's classic. You can't go wrong with that. You know? Yeah. But I'm also, I've also put the Verve Urban, Urban Hymns in there before. Okay. I love the Verve. And that record's a record that really speaks to me, too. You know, in dark, dismal, depressive states, yeah. I put that record on, and it's just like, wow, life is heavy sometimes. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Of course I do. But then, you, you know, I, but then I feel so bad sleeping on, like, Crowbar, because Crowbar <laughs> is like, wow, how can I not... But Crowbar, you can't just have fucking Crowbar, dude. No, it's too there's, much for... That's too much. It's too much. Yeah, there's a lot happening. But I need Crowbar in my life, too. You do. Just as much as I need, you know, Verve or Oasis or you know what I mean like I do I need again I'm a music guy it's yeah. all it's the first time I heard heavy music it was like that's it dude yeah. fuck everything else heavy what, music what's that record that like you'll blast in your car but you kind of want to have your windows up so nobody knows that you're listening to that shit <laughs> uh, probably I, a John Denver record yo listen yeah. sunshine on my shoulders yeah. I'm not mad at that yeah, song no way JD's the Best, man. He's I don't know great. about the best, but he's it's great, man. He brings peace into your life just through, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. through simple music and yeah. simple just 
talking about the mountains yeah. and rivers and yeah. you know what I and mean? And the sunshine. Like, yeah, it reminds dude. me of when I was a kid because I had a parakeet and my burnt out real father named it Sunshine. Yeah. And he would play that song yeah. and the parakeet would be on his shoulder and he did would he ever, sing. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and brother bird would eat potsies. See, man? John Denver. Yeah. John Denver. And Even the fucking animals. <laughs> go figure. Can pick up on that. Yeah. John Denver, I have no shame in that, though. I mean, I would probably roll my windows up a little bit. A little bit. Which is maybe not have <laughs> yeah. the volume up too much. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, John Denver, I love all of this shit. I'm not mad at that. It. Sure. I, yeah. bro, I love all kinds of shit. Yeah. All kinds of ridiculousness. Yeah. Which isn't even ridiculous. Yeah, no, it, you know, at one time in life, maybe it would have been, but now I no, don't. I don't like that shit, Yeah, bro. there's yeah, no shame. When you're 19 years old, you don't like John Denver. There's no shame at all in my game at all. No, me neither. I have no shame. <laughs> no. Especially when it comes to music, dude. You know, it's a game changer, yeah. so... You know what? What means something to me is going to mean something completely different to the next person. Of you course, know? and that's what makes it so beautiful. Yeah, is it's you know it's not one dimensional. Yeah. What's this dog's name? That's Cassie. She's the Cassie. best dog in the oh, world. She rules. Yeah. Hey, she's the best. All right. Well, how about at the end of this podcast, we'll tack on a song, two songs, three songs of bands that you were in. So pick a couple of favorites. Oh, wow. I don't even know. I got to go back. <laughs> Another victim. What's a good AV song? You um, pick. It's all you. Shit, what the hell's the name of it? I asked Mike Score the same thing. He was, like, stumped. Um, hold on. Let me look quick. I can't even think of the fucking name of these songs. It's, right. it's been so long. You gonna edit this? You can chop it, right? Yeah, I chop it. But who cares? We don't. We don't chop it. We're just hanging out, bullshitting by the babbling brook. I got a new phone today. I have no fucking clue how to get out of this. Oh, really? <laughs> there we go. Um, I don't know. Let me just pull one out of my ass. Another victim. One of the last three songs. I think it was called "For the Liars and the Cheaters." Okay. We'll bang that one out. Okay. Um, Following that Santa Sangre song, you got to play Dead King. Okay. That's a banger. Um, funny story about that. That was the first time I ever used a distortion pedal on my bass. And I was like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow this fucking bass tone out. This is going to be the gnarliest bass tone. And I bought a distortion pedal, which was totally the wrong one for bass. <laughs> and we get down to the studio, and I plug it in, and I just turned everything on 10, and just, we hit record. All right. And that's the beginning, I think the beginning of that song is like a little bass lick. Yeah. And that was like, I don't know, just a fun fact, but yeah. it was like the first time I ever used a pedal, and I had no idea how to dial it in. I just like, fuck it, crank it, and turned everything it. on 10, and Dead blasted King. it. So Dead King, that's right. a banger. Um, Promise? Promise song? I guess the kiss off. Okay. You know? I mean, it starts with fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> opens the record up, but doesn't really get much better than that. Uh, A terror song. Terror song that I played on or just in general? Whatever you want. Oh. You know what? I'm going to go with the song I played on because okay. I really feel like that record gets slept on. What, the Dan the Shame? Yeah. I think it gets yeah. fucking it's, ridiculously slept it's on. It's a couple weird songs. I'm not going to say you know that it's a solid, hard, great it's record. Fucking, I think it's a great record. But there's some really good songs on that yeah, record. Yeah, there is. Uh, 
I might go with Fuck man Relentless Relentless It's fucking hard Yeah Yeah It's a toss between that And Betrayer Because That's another great song Betrayer Was such a cool song Because it was An acoustic part in it Yeah First time I listened to it I was like Whoa I was like This is different Yeah that was a Marauder Five Deadly Venoms influence. You know what I mean? Like that's where that came from. Yeah. Was just that breakdown in, in that Marauder song where it goes into that little slow acoustic-y sure. thing, and then it fucking swells and builds up, and then you got that smashing mosh part. You yeah. know, um, Betrayer's a banger, dude. It is. But I got to go Relentless because that's okay. That song's about me. Is it? No, but it oh. is. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. But could lyrically, around you. lyrically, it very well could have been. <laughs> um, but lyrically, I feel like that song is very me. So, yeah. and um, an MP song, and a f- fucking uh, we need a manipulate song too. Manipulate. Uh, yeah, we'll throw some fucking tracks at the end of this. I guess manipulate isn't that the song? The last song, the one that uh, yeah, I think it's called manipulate. There, you don't even know the names of the songs, uh, dude. It's been years, you know. Uh, Let's go for MP. Uh, I don't know, man. I think I'm going to go with Threat Assessment. Sounds like a plan. I like Threat Assessment. Got a nice little Chromag sort of style mosh in there. Nice fast thrash riffing. Yeah, let's go with Threat Assessment. All right. Good shit. Where can they find all of you, bro? Like, where, you know? Uh, well, well, I mean, on Instagram, it's just yeah. at Bosky, B-U-S-K-E. Yep. And then you have Bosky Design. Yep. And then you have Attitude Exhumed. Yep, that's an Attitude, A-N. A-N, Attitude, Attitude Exhumed. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know? There's a blog, like I said, there's a blog for an Attitude Exhumed that's very infrequently updated. Um, you can check that out. It's on Blogspot. Okay. Uh, I think that's just an Attitude Exhumed.blogspot.com. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's, like I said, there's shit up there that's been there for 10 or 15 years now. So there's yeah. old stuff. I think that the last three AV songs are up there. Um, nice. There's, you know, comb through it. I'm sure there's some shit that some people might want. Awesome. Um, yeah, man. That's about it, really. Good shit. Yeah. This was fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's good. Oh, we're at an hour and, tw- hour and 21 and change. That works for me. Plus, with all the songs, you'll get in like an hour and a half. Yeah, it works for me. Works for me, too. Awesome, man. Pleasure. Hell yeah. Uh, thank you, brother. Damn. We're over here now. Yeah. Looking for an answer Excuses for the meaning 
Just fade away Worthless Disgrace I want it all to just fade